Hello, welcome to Pot of Market. Um, we're changing it up a little bit today. So instead of doing a discussion, I'm actually going to do a conversation interview with a really, really, I think, friend of mine. Mm -hmm. um, I do see him every, pretty much every Saturday and Sunday. Uh, he's sort of uh, a great person to see um, because he serves me coffee. That's one <laughs> good reason. Um, but he's also just a great person to talk yes. to. I think his background is very interesting. Um, and the person I'm describing is Adam Burgo. He's a local entrepreneur and artist. You may also know him as Seven. Um, he's closely associated with Black Swan Espresso on Halsey Street. Mm -hmm. um, and I just want to quickly start off with uh, Adam just sharing his his biography to sort of orient this conversa conversation. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you, Manny, for um, having me on Pot and Market. This is dope. Um, I've never been into like uh, any radio station in Newark so far. Um, last time I was in a radio station, I feel like I was in college. <laughs> so that's a great. This is this is super cool. Wait, were you a DJ here. at one point? No, I was not. <laughs> that would be dope. I wish I was a DJ. I was not a DJ. I was. Um, I had a radio show too. I was super into sports, so I was trying to be like a, a sports commentator. So I used to do this this uh, this sports radio show called uh, the. The Scarlet Night Show, where we did, where we talked about football, basketball, and did post pre and halftime shows and stuff like that. Wow! Yeah, it was funny. Wait, is that <laughs> is that when um, Rutgers joined the Big Ten? No, nah, we were still in the Big East at the time. But but me and my boy Corey, we wanted to be communications majors, so we were like, all right, let's like you know, let's do this thing, and uh, we did it one time, and we were like the the color to the show. You know, it was pretty dope. Like in more ways than one. In more, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, I was the color on the show, but and also <laughs> the color on the in people's ears as well. Um, Please tell me you dressed up for each one. No, nah, like, I definitely did not do that because I was on. I was I played sports in college, so it was different. Like um, most of the time, my attire was just Nike sweats, baggy as heck, and in uh, my backpack. So everywhere I went, I was just wearing baggy clothes and uh, and sweats and, and a pair of running sneakers. It was like my uniform. Yeah, I mean that's that's the athleisure wear, yeah. you know, motto is just yeah. to like it looks cool because it's yeah. sportswear. There was a lot of time to get fresh, but if I look back at it, like I could have gotten more fresh than I actually was because like I'm an adult now and I feel like there's less time. Yeah, and I still can be fresh now. So like, how could I not have been fresh then? I was just probably a little lazy. <laughs> yeah, and, and assuming now now you have income too, so you can actually like yeah, you that's know, buy very stuff. true. That is very true. They were not paying us. NCAA was not paying us. So I'll let you know. I mean, hashtag NCAA. <laughs> they should pay us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, your bio. So like, like, where are you from? Yeah, I could do. I could a quick rundown. Um, I'm originally from Plainfield, New Jersey. Um, I've lived there my entire life um, until until my family um, moved to California when I went to college. Um, but uh, yeah, grew up in Plainfield, New Jersey. Had a lot of friends out there on Putnam Avenue, um, not too far away from the downtown area. Um, ended up going to Westfield High School. Um, which is a couple towns over. Right. Um, they had a, a little bit better school system, so we went that way. Um, my mom always wanted to make sure. My mom was always very like proper and making sure she wanted to make sure that we always had the best education, no matter what we had to do. Um, even from like elementary school, it was just one of those things where like you know, a Catholic school, private school, whatever. Like trying to get into all these things. I remember one time I was like t eleven or twelve years old, and we were look we were trying to get into. Um, Xavier, you know Xavier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Xavier, like boarding school. So here we are, like a family from Plainfield, New Jersey, like not the most high income area. And uh, my mom had bought me like a fresh pea coat. Oh my <laughs> got God. Got a fresh haircut, like took the train into the city, like together, like went to this this interview for like a middle school, yo, or whatever it was. I was like 12 years old. And uh, when I got in there, the interviewer thought I was a girl. 
<laughs> oh, because of the peacoat. I guess. I was like, yeah. y'all, I'm never wearing a peacoat ever again. Like, this is traumatizing. They're like, all right, you and your daughter could come in. And uh, I was like, hold up a second. <laughs> like, what the hell? Well, so it wasn't an all-boys Catholic school. Because like, Xavier sounds like, you know, like Jesuit. No, like... I don't think Xavier. I, I, I mean, I don't think. I don't know if Xavier was or was not an all-boys Catholic school, but the person who greeted us definitely called me, said, you and your daughter. And I was like, ma, you made me wear this <laughs> bumpy coat right now, <laughs> looking like a um, <clears throat> a girl. But, yeah, so she always wanted to make sure we had the best um, education. Right. Westfield is, it, I think, still is and was at the time, like, a really good high school. So um, I ended up going there, uh, met a, a group of really good friends, you know, got in with, I guess, the right the right what they call it, the right crowd, even though I still mm. was considered a troubled child, but that's beyond the point. <laughs> and uh, I ended up getting into sports, doing pretty well, and getting a scholarship to go to Rutgers. Well, track and field, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. track and field scholarship. I, I actually just recently got a, a phone call because I just got into the Hall of Fame of the of Westfield High School for track and field. So. Oh, why? Like, what was your record? Or um, like, or did you have, like, were you yeah, a captain or something? Or? Yeah, I was the captain for sure. I have the high school record. Um for the high jump and the triple jump, and um, I know that might not, that may be foreign to some people, but um, that's just those are field events and 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 track and field. And uh, I've I've been I've had the record I guess now for over ten years. So wow. it's one of those things. And at, at the time, like when I first hit the did the set the record, I was like the best in the county and the mm-hmm. state and number two in the nation at the time. So it was like it was a big deal. I didn't realize it was a big deal because you know I'm 17 and I just uh, I was trying to be the coolest. So like. If they told me anything, they could have been like, oh, man, you're the number one, whatever. I would have been like, oh, word. Like, cool, cool. <laughs> Modest. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can call it modesty. I just, I was just trying to be too cool for everybody. Like, especially when I, you, like, so the morning announcements, you know how you have the morning yep. announcements on yep. uh, at your school? I pledge like, allegiance to yeah, the flag. Right? Yeah, classic. So every morning you would hear me, like, on there, like, oh, oh good morning, Westfield. Like, it's me, the kid not from Westfield, out here to kick it to you so that you can start your morning off right. <laughs> By the way, I also just jumped seven feet one and uh, just set the school record. Like, people probably thought I was the most egotistical, <laughs> conceited person. Well, the funny thing is, like... Westfield knows you're you don't live there. Yeah, eventually they found out, you know. But they can't do anything. It's like, okay, we're gonna f- essentially fire our Star Trek player. Yeah, like it was, and I, I played football and I played some a couple other, you know, I was doing everything. I was trying to do the most. Um, so that was fun. Um, that, so c- thank you, Westfield High School, for actually bringing me into the Hall of Fame. Like that was pretty dope. I hope this doesn't stop you from putting me there now, knowing that. Um, that I'm not from there. Well, you graduated there. I mean, I did you, you're graduate. still a student there. I'm I mean, still that's a what there. I think. That's probably the what the the no one's going to litigate that right. that fact. I feel like it's a dumb thing to some. Actually, I take that back. There's always someone in the room, somebody who's going to be like, "But you know, <laughs> yeah. he yeah. wasn't really." And and that's a whole podcast in its own right. Yeah. Of like, what does it mean to be from Westfield as right. opposed to Plainfield? Right. So, um, do they actually border, or is it like two towns over? It's two towns over, or it's a couple towns over. Um, but you know, all uh, in that area, in the suburb, in that like area, like all the towns, kind of all are just within a mile right. or two or, or away from each other. Like, nothing is too far. Um, you just, you know, got to got to deal with that that aspect of it. But, you know, it's like its own little, it's like it's like its own little community or neighborhood of people, like, from all the towns. They all kind of, yeah. like, intermingle and stuff like that. So it was cool. So um, I was doing good sports, went to Rutgers, you know, graduated, started working. Oh, what was your degree in? What did um, you study? 
I originally wanted to be a business major. I thought I was going to be at Burgo Enterprises. It's still on the way, but at the time, <laughs> I thought it was something that I could do right away. The Burgo Company. Right, and I was going to do everything. I was going to be a hip-hop artist, producer, owner of like multiple buildings that I didn't know what they did, but they would be my buildings. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just all that, all the stuff that you, you know, that I learned, like, that I thought was adulthood and business. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just going to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, um, I think we call it now influencer, right? Right, influ- <laughs> influencer. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, I've got my own little like, line of clothing. Yeah, and I was like, going to have everything except, the, you know, on the top of a building. And, um, and uh, so I wanted to be a business major. I went into school, you know, um, transitions are tough, especially as an athlete. You know, I might not have done the best in school for my first like year and a half there. So I had to kind of get my act together and I actually wasn't able to get into the major that I wanted to get into. So what I was the major it. that you wanted to get I into? I wanted to business economics and okay. go into the business school because I thought that was like a, a cool thing to do. But, you know, they kept me out, you know, and, and but they kept me out, but they couldn't hold me down. So I went to, mm-hmm. went to go a different major, a different route. Um, still got my business classes in. Uh, just now I graduated with a sports management degree. Um, and, uh, like I guess a double major in labor relations, which was more like um, employment law and stuff like that. Um, but I, I I always made sure that my classes were around like making money, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying, like making sure that like I was taking the marketing classes, I was taking the the uh, the business classes that all economics, macroeconomics, right. um, uh, uh, econometrics, things like that, just so I could understand like how you make money in Amer- in the world, to right. be honest, not even just America, just in the world, and how that flow of money happens. Um, so that was the main goal. I think that it was it was a success, even though I wasn't a business major. Um, I still had many accolades as an athlete, which was still a good time, and I feel like my whole college experience as a whole was pretty dope. So, um, you know, and I came out a better man, you know, right. at the end of the day. And no debt. Like, oh, what? God. Everyone's school. out here with debt. Like, I got no debt. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to brag, but that was a, like, it was a beautiful thing not to have debt. But. No, I mean, I mean, it sounds funny, but I mean, you're, you're, you're hitting like a nerve here. Not with me in particular, but I think in general. I mean, uh, the numbers came out last week, 1.5 trillion. Yeah. Which is um, now exceeded uh, mortgage debt, I think. That's crazy. Which is like crazy. That's and, insane. I mean, I, we could do a whole episode about generational conflict between the boomers and the millennials. That's and about insane. like who owes what money to whom, but like that's a big crisis. I think it's um, a huge crisis. It's a huge crisis. My friends, even friends that I had that didn't even finish college, are still in debt. Like yep. ones that left, like just because they couldn't pay it anymore, like yeah. they're in debt too. So definitely blessings for that. Like like whenever I think about like the college experience, I'm like, yo, if there's anything that was like the biggest blessing for me was that I could literally go to school for free without having to worry about yeah like coming out of there with thousands of thousands of dollars in debt because that's crazy wow. that's crazy i probably wouldn't be able to go to sleep at night like in my dorm room or in my house at, in college knowing that i had like i would have had to leave i would have been like yo i'm sorry i'm gonna go like get get my youtube degree real quick and uh <laughs> <laughs> and get star burgo enterprises other elsewhere so i mean i still have a youtube degree right by well the way, same but. here i mean like my like I love YouTube as a medium. Yeah. For, I mean, it's a horrific medium in some ways because if you do literally click on the next video and you keep doing that, yeah. you'll get into this like even worse hole than Reddit is. Oh, yeah. Of just like awfulness either yeah. in either direction, either left wing or right wing. Um, it's actually, I think, a little bit like something I, f- I feel like they should manage a little bit. sometimes you don't even need to have wings to go into a hole. Next thing oh, you yeah. know, you could be watching the nature channel so deep in there that you're just like, yo, I didn't even know that the Ooga Beluga fish lived. <laughs> like, the, like, Ooga Beluga, it's real. Look yeah, up. it's real. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, there, there's, like, a lot of great channels um, yeah. from essay channels. I mean, like, at some point in the future, I would love... I mean, I don't know if YouTube's going to be a thing in the future anyway. Mm. I mean, it's interesting to see where media is going. They got to work that out eventually, but... Yeah, well, that crisis, too. Mm-hmm. But just, like, I mean, you love, you gotta love <clears> the <throat> post-millennials. They're all, like, you know, into Snapchat. Well, Snapchat's old now. It's called Generation X, right? Post-millennials? Like, Z? Z? Generation Z? Are we in the Greek letters yet, Alpha? I don't know. Z? I think it is... I, Oh, why? why? No, why? I thought why was our Sorry, parents. our sound engineer is like waving his hand like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know if he's like, why? Why are we talking about this? Yeah. Or the letter why? <laughs> no, but somebody said that, somebody said that yesterday because uh, I have a couple friends who are actually still in college. and or, <clears throat> Sorry, but wait. I have some friends that are still in college yep. and their mindset is a lot different. I guess that's that post-millennial situation that yeah. you're talking about. I mean, there's a future. Uh, I mean, we won't be talking about this per se, but there's a future episode I'm definitely doing and um, you'll see on social media, I'm going to put a, an all points bulletin out for uh, young students currently in college yeah. from Newark and what that world is like and what they're thinking about, which is funny because I'm not that old. I graduated yeah. college eight years ago now. Yeah. yeah, eight years ago. And that's not that far away, it's but it feels far. like a different world. Yeah, like even, the w- even more recently, like I graduated more recently, I feel yeah. the same way as you. It's weird. World. I think we're still part of the same generation. I think mm-hmm. like any younger than you, like maybe two or three years, at that yeah. point, it's really a different generation because yeah. they don't know a world without. I still remember Y2K. Right. I still remember when going on the computer was like I had to get permission to do that. Right. Because that would like, you know, take over the phone line. Right. And my mom was like, you can't take over the phone line because like I'm expecting phone calls. Right. Kids, yeah. Back in the day, so, if you wanted to get on the internet, that meant you got no phone calls to the house. I mean, yeah, Crazy. the stories the stories that you hear will be different, and I don't know if everyone always quite understands it. But I, I even even explaining this story and going back into my bio, yeah. um, you know, my family, my mom was working all the time. Like she had to make sure that there was like food on the table, money in the pockets, so that people so that we could live. Right. So she, to, with that being said, she wasn't always like around. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And being that I lived in. Um, Westfield, which was a few towns over, not too far, but a few mm-hmm. towns over, a couple, a couple stops on the train. Um, but there would be some days I didn't have money for money for the train, you know. Mm. And people would, un- I don't feel like when I was explaining this story the other day to a couple friends, they didn't understand. Like, listen, I had to walk like for an hour and thirty minutes to go from one town to the other town if I didn't have money right. for the train. Like, I didn't have a bike. Neither. Oh, you didn't play like, the NJ Transit game, did you? I tr- every once in a while I would, but some days, like, I mean, after a while, you're just like, all right, like, I don't even want to get caught by the right, NJ yeah. Transit today. Like, I don't want to deal with that BS. So, like, you would literally either sit, like, I would either sit on a bench, like, at the football stadium for hours until like my mom would get off of work and just like mess around, like, throw hit rocks with like a baseball bat or whatever, and just like kill my time that way. Or I would do my homework, or I would do whatever. But people would always, I don't people. I don't feel like some people understood this because they're like, oh, why don't you just use your cell phone? Right. Like, oh, like yeah. I'm not trying to date myself, but like cell phones were definitely around. Did I have one at the time? Not at all. You know? So like, nah, I couldn't just call somebody. I had to go to a pay phone maybe, but like I couldn't just sit there and call. So it was like, you know, if I if my mom was like, oh, are you going to be at the football field? Like I, if I had to wait there for three hours until she got there, I had to wait there. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if I left, like A, I'm getting a whooping. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. Two, like, she would have no idea where I was. She'd be like, yo, you told me you were going to be here. And, like, I don't know if they even understand, like, that aspect of, like, being out of communication, actually, yeah. for real, out of communication with somebody. I mean, it's really weird because I, I'm i not that young, but I, and I still remember a time where you had to call and coordinate. Mm-hmm. And then once that plan was set, there was no way of changing it, mm-hmm. right? 
mm-hmm. like now with like texting and messaging and calling, like it's so easy to change times on things. Yeah. But like I, I'm, I'm like I can't even remember that world anymore. Yeah. Like it's just like oh my god, did we actually like say we would meet at like ten fifteen at the corner of this and this? I can't and if, even like I like nah like I I don't even understand because even like today yeah. even today yeah. I've definitely taken advantage of the fact that you can contact somebody like so quickly and change the plan like right. and I I feel like a bandit like it's crazy like oh yo like let's meet at blah 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 oh this is the best right oh let's go out in the city on Saturday like or whatever and then. And, you know, Saturday rolls around and you don't really want to go to the city. So you just text them, right? Yeah. Like, that would never have been a thing. Like, yeah. That would never have been a thing. Like, if you did that, like, your friends are coming over and they're whipping your ass. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry. They're like, yo, we were all out in the city. We we're waiting for you and you did not we waited show for up. Two hours. <laughs> two hours. You asshole. I'm sorry, man. No, no, no. You wait for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> don't beat me up, please. <laughs> Um, so wait, so to get back to your bio. Um, so between graduating Rutgers and uh, the beginnings of Black Swan, which I'll call the wilderness years. Yeah. What were those wilderness years for you? In between college and Black Swan. Yeah. Um, well, the wilderness years were kind of cool. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was trying to become, um, trying to get on the circuit for track and field, um, mm-hmm. going to a bunch of local. Um, is that a professional thing you can do? Yeah, for sure. So oh, like wow. the the that professional world is a little bit different because it's um, it's prize money at that point. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's an Olympic sport, so everything you do is like, okay, I go to this competition, and if I place in these certain areas, like I can get this amount of return back. So, like, my whole goal was like, if I can get first place, I can get a G. You know, wow. Like, you know, so that was kind of like how I was trying to get my rent money for the first, uh, I would say, about a year after college. Um, I was living, still living on campus, like in one of those like crappy off-campus yeah. um, apartments, actually with a good friend of mine. Um, shout outs to her. She was dope. Um, uh, New Brunswick. Yeah. New yeah, Brunswick. New Brunswick. Wow. And, uh, so yeah, I was working as, as like a, as a waiter and also like running track, like going to New York city every weekend or going to South Jersey every other weekend and trying to jump for some extra money, like $800 here, $1,000 there. Like, or sometimes I'd have a bad day and I'd make no bread and I'll go home and cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, I mean, and you have every right to, I mean, like yeah. to think that to win a race means you get to eat <clears throat> yeah. and like live. Yeah, in a, man. In shelter, it's a tough. It's an interesting situation because you know when you have a, when you have passions. This is what, this is also something very interesting, and I think it's something that like we navigate through. Um, and and our our age, um, where we are from when we graduated, you graduated eight years ago, me five. Like yeah. it's one of those things where it's like when you graduate college, like the door of opportunity opens up for you. Um, and what I mean by that is like you can get a job that pays you decently so that you can live, you know, like pretty well, like right after yeah. college and and you can. Um, Especially with Rutgers, too, right. which is like a recognized name. Like I feel bad for people go to colleges that like you hear for for the first time and you're like, that's a real place. Right. Like, right. Exactly. So it's not to Vry, really. <laughs> What's a Rutgers? Yeah. What, what is a Rutgers? What is a Rutgers? Um, it's 11-11, everyone, by the way. So just make take note of that. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, so it's like funny because you could do all those things. So people always ask, used to ask me, and they ask me still now, like, yeah, why are you doing this thing that you're doing? Like, yeah. oh, why are you running track right now and making like not that much money when you could just get a job somewhere and do it that way? And why are you podcasting, Manny, instead of getting an actual job? Yep. Right, <laughs> right. And at, the, right now. and at the time, I'm not going to lie, like, you know, everyone, it's just like kind of now, like everyone's just like, oh, why are you um, trying to pursue a, like a music situation music career mm-hmm. like trying to develop your artistry um and when you could just be spending your time maybe like doing something else that can make you like 
maybe more money, like get a job in the city where you're where, where yeah. that where now like your day goes from six a.m. to nine p.m. where then you don't have really any time to create or do anything. Um, you know, I, I granted I'm an entrepreneur right now, yeah, so like yeah. it's nice I got the coffee shop, but like it's people still ask those questions. Like yeah. I'm not even gonna lie. So it's like you know, like people don't really understand like pursuing a passion. So here I was at 22, like opportunity to make money like in a job or like keep running track and i'm gonna be honest i was weak at the time and i faltered i was like you know what maybe i should stop doing track and field because um it's not putting the putting as much bread on the yeah. table as i wanted to so i ended up getting a, a just a regular job selling power tools out of the home depot uh, <laughs> which a was, it's a job I it's mean. a job you know it's a job and it, like anything that i do i worked really hard at it and uh they they asked me um about a few months in, like, you know, like, what are your career paths? Like, where would you go if you could, like, do something? I told them I wanted to, like, get into marketing and advertising, things like that. You know, I went to college. So I was like, this is the things I can do. I can start a f career, you oh, know? I, I hate so, that word so much. <laughs> yeah, I can start a career. So I told them my career goals. And uh, thanks to my to, to my, my, my manager at the time, Kevin, he was like, all right, cool. So, so a few months later, I was promoted. Um, to their corporate office and their marketing department, and I had to move down to South Carolina, which I like to call. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just I, the reason I'm making a face is like we were just talking on the way here about yeah. going to Greenville. Yeah, and that's why you were in Greenville. I had no idea. That's why, that's why you were in Greenville. Wow. That's why I was in Greenville. That's where I get my um, my southern trap roots when you hear my music now. <laughs> but no, Man, I, I thought trap was a, okay. This is the the whitest question I've probably ever asked. Yeah, I thought trap was a Georgia thing, or is that like a, just a general yeah, South? I, I think it. I think so. Like trap is like could be anywhere. Like you okay. know what I'm saying. Like you you can be in Chicago. You can like you well, can, yeah, yeah, like in the it's but, like, like music, but jazz could be anywhere too, right? But it's like right. a New Orleans form. I right. think but I guess, yeah, everyone everyone tries to everyone says that yeah, it like it really came to fruition in Atlanta. Right? Okay, right. Heavy hi hats, heavy um, eight oh eight drums. You know things right. that just really got you out of your seat without necessarily having to like he, like the beats were just so heavy, so like bumping that yeah. you could just like you're bouncing. You're bouncing like I never thought that I could be the one. I never thought that I could get it done. I never thought that I could make the bread. And then you just have like a, a like you just have like a, a heavy beat behind it to fill in the, yeah. the gaps and you're good to go, you know, with a nice little recurring hi hat. So like it was nice. And it was new. Like and people forget people forget that trap was around when we were in like middle school. Like 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 Lil John, Juicy J, Three Six Mafia. Like people forget about that type of stuff. I was in middle school, the Catholic school, Holy Trinity, like <laughs> To the window, to the wall, to the wall oh all the white God. kids. Hey, to the sweat drop down my, and I was sitting there bad as hell, like, to the sweat drop down my boop. <laughs> like, so I, I'm, la I'm laughing so hard, right? You can't see this, uh, <laughs> listeners, but I'm, I'm really dying. I'm about to fall on the floor because on New York FM, there are, what, five music-based podcasts at least, I think? Something like that, yeah, at least, and we're like we're starting to become that right now. Yeah. Just like another one, it happens. So anyway, listen, I highly so recommend the other podcast. Yeah. By the way, oh, like, yeah. they probably do a better job than we do at talking about music. Hey, listen, to be real with uh, Nova Scotia, Red November, he's great. Like that's my boy Troy. He's from out here, a great artist. I, I think Manny, or hopefully, if they haven't met, hopefully they meet yeah. soon. Um, they they do the podcast in the same room. They might as well like. You know, you know, get together one day and figure out uh, figure out something because that this guy Troy, I'm telling you, man, he's he's in tune with the culture out here and yeah. he understands what's I, going and on. And I'm not at all. Yeah, I mean, you're, <laughs> like, you're in tune. tune. I'm in tune in a different way. You're but in yeah, tune. Yeah. yeah, you're in tune as well. Like, I definitely would not say that, man. Like, you're you're you understand the climate that we're yeah. in in this city, you know, and you understand like um, from maybe a different perspective. Like, yeah. you grew up, you, you're still from here. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, you born, 
grew up here, like you understand the city. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just like he understands the city. So like it's just two different perspectives, and that's why it would be so dope for y'all to like, you know, to finally come together and meet. Um, yeah, keep your ears out, listeners. There'll sure. be a crossover episode for sure, and that'll be fire. Yeah. That would definitely be fire. But yeah, so that's trap originated yeah. down there in Atlanta, and and they made it they made it popular. You know. Um, so how do we get on trap? Oh, wilderness yeah. here. So, so wilderness here. So the so, wilderness here is I'm down in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, I'm down in South Carolina. It, it's a great time. Um, you know, I had a job. I was making money now. Like this is the thing. This is the thing. Like this is what's funny is like I moved to South Carolina and yo. So like I wasn't rich. Like don't get me wrong, but I was making money. Like I thought that was a good. Like I don't have like again no loans. Right. I had no girl. You know, like <laughs> no kids. So like all this money is going to me, and I'm living in a place where literally. It's like two bucks for rent or Yo, something. Yo, my Don't rent, like my, oh my, God. my my style of living, like my, or whatever they call it, cost of living, yeah, yeah, yeah. was like $700 for my rent, 2,000 square foot apartment, first of all. Oh like, my God. And I had like, I had three roommates, but didn't even feel like I had roommates because it was so Why big. Why would you even have roommates? Oh, I guess because it's so well, big. Because, well, yeah. the 700 was split. So I guess if everyone paid like their aspects of 700 times three, whatever that number is, uh, four, uh, what is that? 2,100. 2,100. Yeah. So 2,100 for like, for, but but think about this. I pay 2,100 right now for my 700 yep. square foot apartment like yeah i was paying 700 for 21 you know what i'm saying like yeah. crazy it's 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 back it was backwards so and i was making decent money because the, the 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 it wasn't like they were paying you based on where you were at right. so like i was you know i was feeling myself and yeah. i kind of feel like i kind of lost track of my self yeah because i'm in an area where like a i don't know anybody so i could be anybody um, and, and B, I was making some money at the time, <clears throat> at the time. So I thought I was the man. So, mm. um, it was interesting. It was going out like way too much. I was, but that's when I, but I can't even lie. I was going out a lot. I was doing a lot of things, but that's when I was starting to get into my music, like pretty heavy too. Cause right. I, so I was like, okay, like I'm going out a lot. I'm doing all these things, but like, I feel like I'm wasting my time. You know, and all my buddies that did music still lived up here, and I'm listening to them sending me stuff like, oh, we just did this track. We just did this track. We just did this track. So I'm like, oh, like. I'm missing out on that aspect of my life. So, like, I was like, let me stop messing around down here and, like, you know, acting like I'm balling, yeah, you know, when I'm, like, you know, like, I was acting, literally acting like I was balling. I was going to the club, like, buying buying a booth for the, like, for the weekend. Like, what kind of, like, right. come on. Like, <laughs> like that South Carolina booth. That South Carolina booth, you know what I'm saying? Where it's, like, $250 to get in to have a section for the night. Like, wow. how do you not do that? Like, yeah. I'm looking looking here, like, I'm looking at, like, Diddy and all them. I'm like, yeah, they're doing it. Like, why can't I do it? Like, but then I realized, because I'm not Diddy, bro. Like, I was, like, it wasn't the way it was. But it was a great time down there. I'm not going to lie. Greenville, South Carolina taught me a lot about myself. Um, I was down there working, met a lot of good people, a lot of good friends. Um, I had a good time, got into my music heavy. That's when I bought like um, my first microphone was down there. Um, I bought my first interface down there um, and really started making music. And it was definitely Southern influence. I won't, I won't get you wrong. There was this guy named Butler Beats and he used to come by the studio. I would come by um, OG Butler and he used to play me these beats that were literally, I don't know if you know who Zaytoven is, but like I'll, I'll just nod my head and say yeah. yes. I know Zaytoven <laughs> is this is this um is this producer from Atlanta or from, uh, you know for, like known in the in the trap scene and his piano game is on a hundred thousand. Like the dude can play anything wow. over a beat and like this guy Butler thought he was like the new Zaytoven. So all of his beats were like dun 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 and I was like, I thought it was the best thing ever. Wow. Like, so I was like going down there and then um, was trying to make music that way. 
um, still trying to send stuff up here to people up here, and it, it was it was a fun time for music, and then fun time for me as well. So, so 2017 then happens, right? I think that's when you moved back up. Yeah. Or? So 2017, or I guess it was 20 end of 2016. Then happens. Um, I come up for Thanksgiving. My mom is like, "Oh, hey, by the way, we're gonna start." I'm going to start my next business venture, which is um, opening up a coffee shop in um, in Newark, New Jersey. Like, wow. You know, and I I'm still down there living, doing what I'm doing. I was like, all right, that's cool, mom. High five. Like, have a good time up there. Like, I hope you guys are super successful. Um, I can't wait to come visit. And then she was like, oh well, when you come up for Thanksgiving, like, why don't you come check it out? Because she knows like I have a little mm-hmm. bit of a business background. She's like, oh, check it out. Like, see if you think it's good real estate. Like, if, if you think it's something that could could be worth it. Like they can like give me the numbers, things like that. So I, I, you know, I go check it out. I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know what? Like the, a, the street was pretty, it was dope. Like there wasn't as many restaurants as there was there now. I think there's only like, um, a few places like Burger Walla, shout out to Kai. Um, yeah, Kai is great. Yeah. There was the green chickpea and the Hain building wasn't done yet either. Right. So, um, I mean, my story with, with Black Swan was, I remember cause I had just moved back. I'd spent three years in the city, which yeah. was amazing. But I, you know, I, I like with, like you with Greenville, I, yeah. which is the opposite problem where, where the city was so big and so much going on. Yeah. I kind of wanted to return home. Mm. And I came back, I was, you know, moved into 1180 and I saw the banner go up. Oh, for the which is a building? No, no, for your oh, for Black, for Black Swan. Swan. And it had that really cool design, which I really like. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh my God, we're finally getting a coffee shop that yeah. isn't famous national chain that I won't mention. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, finally. Yeah. I mean, we've had coffee places like, you know, the old Italian ones, the Portuguese ones, as right. well as like, you know, your mom and pop diner yeah. coffee places. But we never had what I had in the city, which was like, our version of think right or our version of um oh god third rail if you've ever if you're ever on um sullivan street i think it's sullivan yes um sullivan in new york city um there's a place called third rail yeah um right by nyu uh best one of the best shots you'll get in the country my mom Um, knows third rail very well she used to reference them all the time oh they're they're amazing yeah um and i was like oh we can finally have that but then it kept. This is like twenty six summer of twenty sixteen, and it was like a giant piece of what I thought was going to become vaporware because it happens a lot in New York. You get yeah. lulled into thinking, "Oh my god, we're going to have a cool thing," and then it never happens. And like yeah. that was for a year. That banner was up. And that banner went up literally the second that place was leased. My mom, as bless her heart, it, so such an eager lady, was just like, "Got to put the coming soon sign up." I was like, "Yo." <laughs> like word like let's do it like the yeah. energy is there like let's put that up like and it was a not, good sign i loved it the great design sign. Was, was really good well a year designed. and a half later <laughs> we there. finally opened up like you know like still not open like it was just uh, you know we didn't think we had thought at the time like like we were like oh like coming soon like that's what you do when you buy a rent, yeah. like a, a space you put up the coming soon sign not not understanding that um, there are people like Manny wandering around being like, where is this thing? I think it was probably not, I was definitely not the first, first customer, but I was there probably the second day. Hey, you, you, were, you were the, you were the first person, one of the first people I remember seeing, like, you know, it's just the way it is. I actually might've think, did you come before we open? Probably. I think when you're doing like a soft opening. I feel like I ran into a couple of people when we were doing like training and stuff like that. A few people came through the shop. I might've been you. I'm not sure, but. Yes. It was me and Sam. Cause there's, yeah. a, there's a photo. If you go on, on my Facebook page, my personal yeah. Facebook page, there's a photo of us. Uh, I think trying out your cold brew or yeah. there was something because you guys opened in late 
spring, yeah, early we opened, summer. We opened up late summer, late summer. Oh, so. was it late summer? Was it August, really? Yeah, it was, it, it was July, like the, um, the end of June. So I think June 20-something was like okay. the actual, um, June 23rd, something like that was the actual like anniversary date of opening. Yeah. But like I think July 1st was like that weekend of like 4th of yeah. July and stuff like that. Uh, there's, there's a bit of a running joke between me and Adam. I think he thinks it's a running joke. I don't know. I'll find out right now. <laughs> um, where I think it was like, November, I was yeah. like saying, "Oh God, you guys have been open for a year." Already. Yeah, <laughs> and I, like, I had no sense of time, and I was like, "They've been because I, I, because the excitement probably yeah, you're probably there." Well, it's another thing. It's not just the excitement. It was the fact that you and y- your mother, bless her heart, yeah. uh, Laura Mas- Mashtaler, yeah, um, who we will talk more about in a second. Um, she was so warm mm. and made me feel like I was a, like I was part of the furniture yeah. in, in a good way. Like like I was yeah. I was there all the time. And for me, it was like, I have had to be going to this place for years. Like, it was like cheers level of like, you know, I'm Norm. And I come in, everyone's like, hey, Norm. And I'm like, I feel like I belong. (laughs) I mean, that's what I've been chasing in this city. Everybody knows your name. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think every time you walk in. Black Swan, the the new sitcom. Oh, my God. Gigi, many. Oh, Gigi is amazing. (laughs) Um, uh, Gigi is one of the baristas there. Uh, She's uh, from Vietnam and Mm. she pulls a good shot. And her smile is a million bucks. It's great. A million dollars. And her Insta, uh, if you could find her on, um, I'll post it in the show notes. Um, She has a great Insta. uh, She does her own art. She's also a local artist, watercolor sketches, things like that. So. Um, but the she cool actually thing, does, did a tattoo for me, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and to your credit, like there's a lot of businesses that come to places and I don't mean this just in Newark where they're just there and you don't get the sense of community. And mm. me coming back to Newark was chasing that feeling. Mm. And when you guys opened, it made me feel that I had done a, a right thing in my life for once. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt good. Mm. I felt like I belonged. Yeah. Um, and it was a coffee shop too. And a good one, a one that looked nice on the inside, who, whose coffee was good. And this is another problem I have, and people know this about me. I'm pretty open with my critiques about things. I'm not going to call anyone on this show, um, but I will post like critiques of things that I find mm-hmm. annoying or not up to snuff. Yeah, because I want this city to be better, yeah. especially when it's your own backyard. Right, and, and and with Black Swan, it was like not only is it cool looking, and I feel at home, but the coffee is good. Yeah, like you guys do pull a good shot you do yeah. make some great drinks yeah we're pretty um obsessive with that type of stuff um which is amazing because you I, I think of you as a, like your mom obviously is was the driving force behind mm-hmm. it but you for quite some time and still are to an extent managing that place right yeah like, yeah for sure you know it's uh it's interesting um it's interesting that you say that because it's a uh, it's a situation where um I'm really not that type A of a person. No, you're not. And, no, no, no. and I've been like, I've kind of had to morph my like mindset to be more of a type A person. And it's like so foreign to me. Like a lot of like concepts of type A, like make a checklist, yeah. like check it off, you know, like go down the, go down. Like that's so like, that might sound weird to other people, but that's so foreign to me. Cause like typically it's just like no checklist, do it. And then just be dope at doing it. And then, you get it done. And if you're not dope at doing it, work harder until you're dope at doing right. it type thing. So like with coffee, like that's how I learned, like my mom always says like, yo, how did you learn how to make coffee so well, so fast? And um, like, cause like my mentality was always like an athletic mentality. Yeah. Like shoot a thousand shots in the gym, 
and then you become good. Like right. it's just the way it is. So well, what I hate about you is you're like disproving my theory. Like I, my my big theory is like how do people become good at things? It's like through just doing it a lot. Yeah, and you seem to have walked in with like no background experience except for like having drunk coffee. Yeah, to like being not only good but like super proficient at it yeah. and like competitive. I think comp- competition worthy. Definitely um, competition quality. worthy. Definitely competition worthy. And to, to be honest, it takes it takes good good mentors, good coaching, all that type of stuff. Like. Wait, who was mentoring you? Um, uh, my mom, for one, like pushing me to like uh, to just to read up on the YouTube University, right? Yep. Just go in there and 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 start learning about that type of stuff. Um, B Justin from <laughs> Justin from um, Intelligentsia, he's like their oh, wow. he's their rep. So whenever a coffee um, shop, especially coffee shop, opens, typically you if you're not roasting your own coffee, you have a like a primary roaster. And it's their, I, I don't know if it is their responsibility, but the roaster we had, Intelligentsia and Stereo Coffee, like their main guys did a really good job on coming in and teaching us how to properly make coffee, A, but then on top of that, understanding like where it's sourced from, the countries, yep. like the taste, the flavor notes, all that stuff. And then secondly, also competition, like um, the fact that like there could be another coffee shop that comes into into the place and could take our spot as the number one, like that definitely lights the fire every like every day. And then competition within the coffee shop as well. Like we've got some really good baristas, and you know me being the manager, I kind of want to always be the one a little bit ahead of the curve yeah. in that situation. Um, even if I'm not, I always need to make it seem as if like I am. And um, and by doing that, like I might not be the best taster, but like what I will be is the best this thing so that you can, you know, yeah. comparative balance. And what I love about you guys is like you do do best practices, right? Yeah. And I, I, this annoys me because I'm a, uh, people know me as like a sort of amateur mixologist. I write recipes. I, I do a lot of cocktails. Adam hasn't tried any yet, which drives me nuts. <laughs> I got to come by. I'll definitely come yeah, yeah, by yeah. for sure. It's going to be a great spring and summer. But like, I think what we share in common is an appreciation for the method, which legitimate coffee shops, sorry, legitimate is a bad term. That's a loaded term. But specialty Uh, coffee shops. Specialty coffee shops that really like the art of coffee, they measure, they weigh. This is the same thing with cocktails. Mm -hmm. You have to weigh, is it that way, but um, measure precisely ingredients because that'll change the cocktail. Mm -hmm. So when I see someone free pouring, Mm -hmm. or on the flip side with coffee, when I see someone just like grinding and not weighing the beans not checking the pressure gauges on the espresso machine. It's like you think you're hot stuff, but you're not really doing anything because it's not about like pure artistry. It's method. It's technique. It's definitely method and technique. And to be honest, method and technique, like becoming a master of a craft, is there not an art in that? Did we not watch Kobe Bryant become one of the best basketball players based on how well he was able to understand the game of basketball and learn and finesse it to a point to where like, you know, he became the greatest basketball player. And now he like has books about, and TV shows and movies about how well he was able to master the craft. And I think that there's an art in that. Um, also, to be honest, you got to be crazy. Like, you can't, you got to be crazy to do this good stuff. Like, what's cool yeah. about, like, my family right now, like my stepdad, my mom, and myself, is the fact that, and, and my brother to an extent, even though um, he just came back from, moved back from California recently, but um, obsessive. Like, I'm telling you, mm. like, my parents are obsessive. Like, obsessive yeah, Even your, mom, your the, mom i've met her several times yes, and she's yes am i she's like, constantly asking like right. you, are you enjoying this which like right. can be off-putting so, like for some people but i understand what she's trying to do right there. right and my stepdad it, some is, is one of the people actually one of the drivers quietly the secret like the behind the you know the the don't look at the man behind the curtains type thing who 
kind of made sure that we that the way we made coffee was obsessive. Like yeah. we're gonna measure to a to the t- to the tenth twentieth degree to make sure that like everything is super like on point every time, so that it you always get the same thing. And that that obsessive that obsessiveness has really you know made us really good like other specialty coffee will be in there and they're like oh you measure in and out you do all nice. these things and it's like yeah listen when your stepdad makes your pa- makes <laughs> when i was in middle school to get our high school to get onto our internet like not only did you have to come in and like get the password then like your vpn or whatever that yeah, yeah. stuff is got sent to this like database to where my stepdad would then have to log into his like thing uh... check to make sure <laughs> That this person was passing security clearance, oh and my then God. they can get on the internet. Like that's how obsessive we're talking about when yeah. it comes to like to people like that. Like you know, it was tough to 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 bring friends over <laughs> with that mentality. But it makes a good goddamn cup of coffee. Yep. Um, to do it that way, and we also have free Wi-Fi. So come on in and enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, and um, so I, I keep this is kind of an interesting aspect because we've talked about your artistry as a musician. Um, you're, you're also, your. I'm assuming you have a passion still to be an athlete, even if that's not going to be a career yeah. choice. And, and you're, the fact that your day job ish is, you know, managing this coffee shop and pulling yeah. shots, where's the tension? Is there a tension actually? And how do you deal with those different aspects of, of those passions you have? How do you like, how do you keep them in check, but also let them flourish? Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a balancing act, a juggling act. And if you were to ask my girl, she would say I'm absolutely horrible at it. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, you, you just got to put it into priority. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and it's tough because some, some days you wake up and like, you know, y- your, your priority wants to be music. Like today it's like, I don't want to go down. I don't want to like, and it's first of all, this is a blessing to have these to have mm. these um, issues, I guess. But yeah. I mean, there is yeah, we're talking like hashtag first world problems. Yeah, right exactly. Now. Like it's definitely a blessing. Like some people can wake up and don't have a choice, like or they have a choice, but like they feel like they don't have a choice, so they have to go out and like do it the way they need to do it. Like I'm definitely 100 percent blessed to be able to 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 be able to wake up every morning and like look at myself and say like, okay, like today we can do we can accomplish this, that, or the next. You know, but the balancing act for sure is something that 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 it takes a skill in itself. Um, but, you know, if, if you just keep if you keep the priorities straight, like I like to do it, consider it money. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, my pri- I prioritize it based on money right now. Um, and pretty much always is like, OK, coffee shop is always going to be first and foremost, because that is what puts again like the coffee on the table the coffee on the table it puts the food on not only just my table but my mom's table you know what i'm saying and my stepdad's table my brother's table and hopefully tables for generations further beyond me you know what i'm saying and that's like always first and foremost and you know a lot of times again another thing where we talk about passions and people not understanding it's like yo why would you go to work for x amount of dollars when you could be going to work for more x amount of dollars and it's like now because that work over there is putting table on putting food on my table for right now and like they actually are taking more off my plate than i can put on Mm. like you know taxes and all this other stuff and just time like of being outside but when you have your own comp like your own business and you're running it regardless what it is whether it's like a coffee shop a podcast a, mm-hmm. uh whatever you're an you're an artist you're selling your work like you know that's if that's what puts the food on your table in my opinion like go like do that first always never not do that mm-hmm. you know um and then once you kind of got that settled and can then you can look at your time again and say okay if i only have this much more time 
Um, like, what else can I do? Like, and to be honest, like I, the the track stuff, it's, it's almost the athletic stuff is like almost completely out of my brain now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad to think about that because like I'm not even 30 years old, and I maybe at this point in time, if like I would produce, if I had um, went down that lane, maybe I could be like in the next Olympics, or maybe I could have been like semi whatever. But like I try not to think about that type of stuff because yeah. you know. That's literally like you can go crazy like yeah, just one night going yeah. through your mind like yeah. oh that's what I didn't do yeah, right and exactly. that, that's hard that's that's you know life is full of regrets right um, um, and so, so just I, not let them take over is like exactly so I, I, I with, with athletics and to be honest with you with athletics it's it's so it's so it was very it's it was tough at the time like when I was first working to get it out of my brain but now now I'm so into like doing what I do and so accepting of this of myself right now that it's like I understand what I'm doing like I'm going to work every day I'm creating a, a business and creating a structure for um, a legacy you know and mm-hmm. then I'm also creating art that is hopefully portraying the development of me and my life and my mental and my personality to kind of bring it all full circle to show like this aspect of of culture and life mm-hmm. like um, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of artistry that like can even portray like um you know outside of like j cole like there's not a lot of artistry that can even portray that like uh, as he puts it that middle child syndrome that that Mm. the person in the in between two generations that are like work hard every day regardless get your hands dirty like get the money and this new generation that we just talked about Mm -hmm. of like people that are just like everything is at their fingertips so it's like so like they're not. I don't, I don't want to say they're not working hard, but like it's their their style of work hard is different. It's not as hand. It's not as like cut my hands up, get them like you know dirty. Their their version of cutting their hands up and getting them dirty and, and going to work and putting on their bootstraps every day is different than than ours. So like we have this like this weird juxtaposition sometimes of where we're at. I don't know where I'm going. I'm kind of going down a tangent. I feel no, like. but I'm that's sorry. that's fine. I, 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 you're you're expressing your your philosophy. Yeah, basically. the philosophy, and it's just like. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to find a way of where we fit, you know, in this realm. And especially, like, um, as a young black person, like, who grew up in a, you know, in, like, Plainfield, New Jersey, which is a little bit lower income, but still, like, went to a high school that was in, like, a higher income yeah. bracket. It's, like... It's pretty white. In its well, yeah, it's very... Yeah. I mean, 90... The school is, like, 98% white. Like, yeah. you know, this... It's just a cult. It's different. It's different cultures. So like yeah. you go, you wake up every morning in one culture, and then you go to you spend your majority of the day in a different culture. Then you come back. You're really code switching, right? Day each day, each day, is, yeah. yeah. And you pick up you pick up different things like from different from different cultures, and you try to apply apply them to your life and things like that. But there's this like ambiguity that starts happening mm-hmm. on like you know on what you got to do, and it's actually pretty dope to see a lot of my um, other people that I went to college with like navigating that world as well and just being young and young being young black professional and doing all these like dope amazing things yeah. that like you always want to do like in let's say in, in even in hip-hop like and in travel like you, you know when you're when when I'm growing up in Plainfield like we're talking like oh we can't wait to to fly to wherever Montego yeah. Bay like we can't wait to go to the Cayman Islands we can't wait to do all these things like we all thought that was like so far out of reach like we thought we had to be millionaires to do the type of stuff to do the like fire festival yeah <laughs> <laughs> but for real though it's like you're describing fire festivals but like, to do all these types of things that we thought were super lavish yeah, right? yeah because you only saw the most lavish of people doing them like to be honest graduate college you know what I'm saying go to yeah. school get get yourself a job um, start working towards those things and before 30 you can have all that and I see all my counterparts like 
literally enjoying their life to the fullest. And I feel like that's like where the real freedom is. Right. Um, and we don't always get a chance to shine a light on that aspect of like, yo, this is where the real freedom is. Like not in yeah. like this like label generated, like, you know, uh, whatever molded version of whatever they think you're supposed to be as yeah. an African-American like youth or in, as, in this age. But like to actually like the freedom is to be able to make the decision yourself. Right. You know, God gave us free will for a reason, like not to be have it taken over by somebody else. So, well, what I love about this conversation is I think you you give me a way to think about Black Swan and and because um, you talk about labels and about like different cultures. And I, what I love about Black Swan is it's it is authentically black, but also yeah. doing high end coffee, which is very much associated with you know somewhat like right. gentrified urban culture or suburban culture, right? Um, and what's cool about Black Swan is it it, it, it merges those two fields right. seamlessly. And that's it's right really in the name. Seamless. That's right in the yeah. name. Like people always say, what is Black Swan? Black Swan, uh, like the Black Swan theory is pretty much in a nutshell trying to show, trying to explain, a par- it, it, it's pretty much a paradigm shift. Yeah. Saying that like, you know, if when European explorers were going out like, you know, and, and, and testing out new lands and things like that, um, you know, uh, this is not funny, but like a, a white swan was the comp, like there was only white swans to right. them, right? They'd never seen a black swan. They didn't know that it existed, right? So it's white swans. And then like you see your first black swan and then you're like, okay, it must be rare. Like in a, in a, in a place where there's only white swans, there's yeah. a couple black swans. That's crazy. Then as you start exploring and traveling and going out there, you're saying like, oh, there's another black swan. There's another black yeah. swan. There's not, and then all of a sudden you make it to Australia or New Zealand or whatever. And you go down there and you're like, oh, there's like, a whole world of okay. just black swans yeah. and the white swan is actually the rare one, you know, yeah. and, and shifting. But it's still paradigm. a swan. But it's still a swan. Yeah. The, no, that's totally get that. Yeah, you yeah. know, but it's just to show, to say like, listen, like as not only, not only should you think about having a different way of drinking coffee, but think about the person who's selling you coffee. Like, you know, you don't have to go to Starbucks. It doesn't have to be like the rich white man. No, like offense to anybody, but yeah. like, it doesn't have to be the rich white man. Like, who owns a business that is good that has this type of quality like Af- like black people we have such amazing products such amazing businesses such amazing resources you know and it's just we just got to shine a, a light on that even more <coughs> as well just to show like these black swans are just yeah. as i'm not trying to curse but these black swans no it's fine you already did it once so yeah, this episode's getting the uh, the ready yeah. these black swans are the like they are just as common as you white swans yeah. like you know yeah. what i'm saying so like it don't 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 pigeonhole yourself into this box of like, oh, like when I go get my coffee or when I go go get good service or when I go get, you know, go into a classy establishment that it's not going to be run by an African-American person. That's yeah. not the case. My mom never taught me in a million years. People always go like, yo, I used to, like I was scrubbing floors in my house. My house was dirty as hell. Mm-hmm. Like it was not finished, but I'm scrubbing the floors, the dirty floors that will still look dirty after I clean them on hand and knee with two rags and a bucket of water like no 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 mop you know mm-hmm. like i'm not mopping the floors my mom is like she understands that like this is like it is very important to sh- to make sure that people can see that like you know african americans like and like the our attention to like this detail is like just our attention to just our communities like yeah. our home our house ourself like making sure that we that we are presented and seen and seen in a in a in a good in a good light is like very important to her. Yeah, but without also losing your identity. Without also losing your identity, which is like 100%. again, I keep you know this is not a giant commercial for Black Swan. I'm not receiving any money for this. Right, right. But it's just like it, you walk in there and it's like it looks great. 
Right. But it has a vibe. Right. But it's also its clientele. Right. Might as well be the Rainbow Coalition, right? Like, <laughs> like both class-wise, like, there are yeah. people there who work at Prudential. There yeah. are people there who live locally. Oh, man, the, 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 the demographic of people that come in. It's pretty insane. Fill, fill the entire spectrum from all walks of yeah. life, from all nationalities, from all socioeconomic statuses. Everyone is welcome there. It really is a staple for community and of the community um, down there. And it is definitely a watering hole and a place to cultivate, yeah. um, you know, ideas and, 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 and neighborhood vibes and stuff like that. Like coffee shops really do like, I think there's a whole book on like what coffee shops do to the econ- like, uh, economy, like or neighborhood or community economics and stuff like that. And how it, it's almost essential to have this place for people to go feel safe and understand that this is like, you know, a, uh, a consistent thing in my community. So like, Black Swan, I think I feel like is definitely really done that and, yeah. and kept the identity for sure. And um, again, if you if you could walk into my house at middle school, you would see that same identity of Black Swan, like at fourteen twelve Putnam Ave. You yeah. know, like in Plainfield, New Jersey, it was the same thing. So um, talking about community, I, I, this is like the last subject I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, you are part of a community um, yeah. there. The community that I think people would call Halsey Street, which is this sort of uh, for an analog. If you're not from Newark, it's sort of like the Bleecker Street of of um, of Newark, where mm-hmm. you have all these kind of interesting businesses. It's not high end, but it's still pretty classy. It's it's really a really cool place. Um, you're one of you know a couple anchor businesses there. I think you know Kilkenny's, um, Burger Walla. Yeah. Um, as a person who works there, how do you see Halsey right now? I mean, I think the biggest thing a lot of people notice is how many businesses are empty at the moment, despite yeah. it being probably the hottest place in Newark to open a business. Um, yeah. How do you like? What is it like to be there right now? Yeah, um, it's very interesting. It's a, uh, it is, it is definitely in transition for sure. Um, and and I, you know, I've seen businesses come in and leave. Um, I've seen places be empty. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with right now the real estate agents like not having a price that maybe is a little bit too much for people to have their businesses and to have businesses to survive. And that's part of the gentrification, I guess, um, of the city um, and as a whole in general. Um, But with that being said, before we get into like that area, I think Halsey Street for sure is definitely, like you said, the Bleecker Street is definitely a staple of 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 the area of the downtown area outside of like broad and market um because everyone knows or pot and market <laughs> everybody knows like you know market street everyone knows broad street like uh there's there's stores there you know f- there's fashion there there's there's everything everything you possibly bars everything the prudential center is right down the street um everything is there um at your fingertips and then there's like this nice little subsection uh neighborhood section right off of the the street where people can go and just kind of wind down a little bit and I think the the identity of, of Halsey Street is definitely art and culture. Like you go there, like, you know, you would go there, there's galleries on on, on Halsey Street, there's um, you know, pop up shops, there's a design fashion designers, there's everything. So you go there and you get this like nice um whiff of culture yeah. when you when you hit there and and it'll but, be but it's not just like re- they are retail spaces, but they, they also see themselves as artists in a way that like Yeah. You know, Doctor J is on market is not. They don't think of themselves as like a giant artistic outlet, right? right? But even, but even there, even Doctor J's like another place, like a staple on on uh, on Market Street. There is, you know, that's been there forever. But like, that's where you go. Like, if you want to like see like if there's a drop, you know, like let's mm. say there's a shoe drop, or yeah. let's say there's like an an, an an exclusive deal, or just even streetwear, street clothing wear, 
um, as a whole. Like those area, those spots are are definitely staples there. And as you said, they might not see themselves as as that, but yeah. like they definitely one hundred percent are that. Um, but yeah, I think you know it. What was the question again? I'm sorry. Well, I'm just talking about like where. So I'll, you know, I'm going to make it a little more narrow. This way, it makes more sense. Um, where is Halsey Street going? Okay. I Not think, literally. It, it goes to market and then <laughs> down to to, to central. I, 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 I mean like I in a sort of metaphoric sense. <laughs> like, I, got, I got you. I got you. So where is it going? I think it's going to – I think it's definitely going to become like a um, – it is it is going in the direction of um, like a communal hub, like a watering hole hub, like a, a, a place where, um, where, where you can go. And I – but is that can, possible with high rents? I mean, that's kind of why I'm being a little okay. pointed with this. Um, yeah, th- and that, okay, so that's so that's 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 a different issue, I guess, of with like this whole gentrification situation happening in the city, and the proud people of Newark are honestly like they're fighting for yeah. sure to hold on to every last thing that like that we can hold on to. You know what I'm saying? And it's very important to have um, these businesses be here and be supported. Um, but you know. They're trying to drive a lot of these places out. Like high rent is like not just a thing for people. Always think like oh gentrification. Like the high rent is always it just it affects the residents, um, and it does affect the residents for sure, one hundred percent. Like that gets the residents to move and, and do that all this and 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 get out of the the the, the quote unquote way, I guess. Mm. Um, but they do it for the businesses too. Like they'll they'll sit there and say like okay here's here's a here's a rent that you can't afford. And that only like some of the blue chip companies can afford, um, or like you know millionaire people can come in and afford, and they try to like you know fill fill these businesses with with maybe people that that have been there for a minute that couldn't couldn't get in there, and and it really does like kind of drive the the neighborhood out. I mean, I'm I'm trying to like phrase this in a way that would make sense, but essentially, I feel that Halsey Street. The direction it should be going or is going is to become a, a a hub for artists, food, culture, and just like you know, community. Um, you go down there like it's tough. People always say it's tough to walk down Halsey Street and get to where you need to get to without having it be like a thirty minute thing because you're probably gonna run into somebody you meet. Yep. Um, and that's just the way it is because everyone is on that street. Um, you know, and 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 it's interesting to see like you know Black Swan being one of those. Lone places, like you said, like Bergawala and, and, and Kilkenny's, like being a staple on the street. It's tough, just be like you're holding it down for mm-hmm. the most part, like to the left and to the right of us, empty stores, you know? So, like, you're, you're kind of holding it down for your section or for your block, each one. Like, you go to Bergawala, like left and right, there's kind of empty stores over there, yeah. too. And so, Bergawala's holding it down. So, we really are the anchors right now to say, like, yo, listen, like, you guys, everyone can do this. Like, let's, yeah. get, let's get together, band together, and like try to fill these vacancies with culture community and vibes right and, and i think I mean, this is probably more of a part a problem for burger walla but i think it's going to happen to you guys is i mean how do you stay original yeah. when like i've noticed two burger places are going to try to open up even though there already is one i don't think there should be monopolies but it's like it's yeah. kind of weird to be like okay there's going to be three burger places on halsey all within like a yeah five minute walk of each other and i imagine maybe another coffee shop will try to open up and yeah that'll what's happen. your strategy to like that's the like, that's the that's the that's the you know and the, the the competition aspect of of economics there you know there's eventually you know something that is successful will be imitated it's just the way it is um it, 
you know, everyone, people want to try to get in on that pie as well. And the idea is to just like, to be honest, take the, take the Steve Jobs approach. Like don't try to mm -hmm. like be better than the other, but more so just be the better of you, the better version of your own place. So if you, if to keep original at Black Swan, like if, as long as we keep doing Black Swan, like we'll be good. Like we've got certain standards and certain mm -hmm. like set of, of, of I guess standards is the only word that I'm looking for right now that we that we apply by that we that we run business by and that we make coffee by and as long as we stick to those things you know we should be successful and if it ha so happens to be that we have to add a couple of new things or you know do a couple different um, maybe uh, off the wall things like mm -hmm. you know marketing wise or like even just like opening doors up to more like event opportunity things like that like. Um, we do, we'll do those things, but we'll do them with the same principles of how we opened it to begin with. Like, you can't just all of a sudden be like, oh, that coffee shop over there is making um, banana pudding, so now we have to make banana pudding. Right. Nah, like, they can still make banana pudding. Like, don't worry about their banana pudding. Like, can we make banana pudding the way Black Swan knows how to make banana pudding? Mm -hmm. If yes, then hell yeah, make some banana pudding. If no, make something else that, like, is more original to, like, to who you are, more authentic. So, I mean... Being that we've been here now for a year and a half and we haven't really changed the menu like that, like I think that that just goes to show that we like like and when we do change the menu or do add something, we add something that is like, you know, that is it, and then we run with that um, because we like to do things to this this standard, this code, this mm -hmm. this uh, what uh, rag cleaning of the floors. Like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like there was never like we we still keep it to our own, we still hold our own principles. So I think if every business can do that, yeah. like you'll be fine. And to be honest, I got that mentality from Kai at Burger Wild. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? He always used to say like, I can't control what other burger places or what other restaurants like open up. And he was like, to, as a matter of fact, go eat there if you want to eat there. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's like, that's his whole thing is like, you know, we do burger walla. We have these amazing walla burgers. We've got walla lamb, walla chicken. You know, I'm going. I want walla shrimp to come back <laughs> right. so badly. But yeah, but like, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. So, the, and there's something there too. Like yeah. that's keeping you there too. Like, is it ever coming back? I don't know. Like that's you know. true. Um, and if it does, you'll be the first one there to get one. You know, and it's like it just adds this thing. Like no one can do burger walla except for Kai and burger walla. Like no one can do black, black swan, swan yeah. except for us at black swan. And these places will open up, and it, hopefully it, it, there's a way that we all can live in homeostasis and that it can help bring the block up more than it does put, put, people, put people out. Um, and, and I know initial views are always a little bit negative because, like, when you see, like, a, comp a competitor open up, it's like, ah, how could they do this? And uh, trust me, I fall into that same trap. Oh, why would they ever open up a coffee shop a block away if ours is here type thing? Mm -hmm. But... Um, you know, it's just it's just the way life is. Like it's never it's never gonna be easy, and you just gotta keep doing you and keep keep believing that the things that you're doing are 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 right, and like most likely, the success will happen. So, you know, not many changes coming to Black Swan, but you know, there'll be definitely be things to keep us moving in the right direction. But for the most part, like we're just gonna keep being us, you know, and uh, hopefully you'll see the same smiling faces behind the counters. You know. Nice. Well, this is, I think, a good place to wrap up. I actually want to wrap up with two things here. So the first is I want to give you an opportunity to just share mm -hmm. where people can find your art okay. and what you do. Okay. Um, so if you just want to, like, share what your yeah. social media is and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, or where to find you. My social media, I don't have a Facebook. I don't have – I pretty much – I mean, I have a Snapchat and all that stuff, but I pretty much exclusively use Instagram and Twitter right now. Twitter is the social media that will never go away. And uh, Instagram is just the hot medium. So um, you can find me at uh, – at 
uh, C-E-V-N, that's seven, um, my name, um, my artist name. You can go on there. Um, I do a lot of work with a lot of local um, artists and and people from around my way, um, which is really cool. Um, I have a SoundCloud as well, um, and it's just uh, soundcloud.com backslash C-E-V-N, seven. Um, and uh, you can go listen to music there. To be honest, I haven't posted much. Um, I, I do a lot of things in silence with uh, with my guys, and we uh, we've got you know another thing like a set of standards that we like to uphold our music by. So um, as of recent, we've been doing more stuff. But on on SoundCloud, you'll find some of our stuff from from a couple years ago, and and uh, even I think last year, um, you can hear some things. Um, but the music is is definitely the passion. It's definitely something that. Um, I'm going after big time 2019, mm-hmm. and so there'll definitely be some more stuff going up this year. So definitely check that out, give it a follow. Um, and uh, on top of that, I just want to say there's probably some like gaps in the stories of the bio. So Got like um, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of a lot more to the story, but uh, you know we only get about 40 minutes of time. So well, definitely more than that this episode. yeah this episode <laughs> a little bit more than 40 minutes. But yeah, definitely find me at C E V N um, on SoundCloud. Same thing. Um, Twitter, same thing, um, and you can go ahead and, and follow me there. Sometimes I, I I try to act like I'm a stand-up comedian and try to put funny stuff up there, but you know it is what it is. Nice. Um, so the other way we normally end the show is just uh, having you uh, the guests share what they're excited about in Newark and okay. um, you know, anything that's interesting that you think is coming up. Okay. Um, what am I excited about in Newark? I'm excited about. Um, I've really just been really excited about this year, this summer, 2019, uh, spring 2019, summer 2019. Um, I feel now that I've been in this city for a year and understand like the the art and culture scene here, that um, now I can, you know, it's gonna be really dope to dive into a lot of the th- stuff that happens this summer. So music festivals, Halsey Fest, um, the Africana Beats festivals, like I'm really just interested in just diving 100% fully into there and making it a priority to jump into these events that happen inside of the city. Um, big time. So I'm definitely into that. Um, these podcasts, like that's yeah. another big thing. Obviously, not trying to kiss ass, but I'm sorry. But uh, no, it's you know, fine. definitely the podcast because, like, you guys, I think, are essential to um, some of the movements that are happening happening out here. And uh, I'd say the third thing is uh, just meeting more people. Um, you know, getting getting to know more people in the area. Even though I feel like I've known, every, I've kind of. I feel like in this past year, like I've definitely met a lot of people, but I didn't get a chance to go deep enough to like let them know, like, hey, this is who I am, where I'm from, what I do, like, where are you from, what do you do, how do you, you know, I think it's been a lot of very surface level stuff. Not many people get a chance to do what we do mm-hmm. um, on a day to day many. So in in Newark, I'm just looking forward to like, you know, taking, you know, this amazing new group of people that I've met out here and just exploring the city even further and exploring the culture even further. Nice. Um, yeah, for my my um, thing to share, uh, about two weeks ago, I went to the uh, cocktail, the Newark Cocktail Challenge. Mm. Um, I got to sit there and watch uh, cocktails be judged, and oh, nice. everyone's favorite Casa de Paco one. Which yeah. I mean, there was tough competition, but at the same time, you know, it's not surprising to see them. You know, not only place but win. Yeah. Um, it was run in conjunction with All Points West and the Newark Visitors um, That's Bureau. Right. Yeah, and if you go online, I don't have. A, I'll I'll try to see if I could find um, uh, a link to it and put it in the show notes. Um, but there, um, you can look it up online, and there's a lot of great photos from it. I think uh, someone actually videotaped it, and mm. it was just like a really fun night. It was at um, Clement's place, which was my first time going there. It's haven't been. Ah, uh, I I regret not going earlier. It's kind of beautiful on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's intimate but large as well, which is really cool with the space. Mm. 
Uh, plus the lighting in the hallways, like this kind of weird blue lighting. I was able to take some great selfies. Uh, <laughs> uh, not that I take good selfies anyway, but um, that was a lot of fun. So I just wanted to share that. Um, but that's it for this episode. Uh, I want to thank Adam. Nice. Thank um, you. And I'm going to put um, links in the show notes to Black Swan and where you guys can find them and all that stuff. Very good. Um, this has been Manny Antunes, host and producer of Pod and Market Podcast, editing a sound engineering by Byphrase. Uh, podcast logo and design provided by Robert Conti. Additional creative input by Samantha Cateus, who also designed our beautiful little cards you see around Newark. Um, pod intro and outro music by Dan Myler. If you have a subject you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please email podandmarket at gmail.com or contact the pod through social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And so with this episode, I'm going to end with a quote. Uh, it's both to celebrate Adam's uh, Italian heritage, which is something that didn't come up, but uh, a little little factoid about him. Uh, I'm going to read a section, or not a section, uh, a quote from one of my favorite Italian philosophers, a guy by the name of Niccolo Machiavelli, probably the most misunderstood philosopher aside from Nietzsche. Um, and it's just sort of this great quote he has. Um, I'm going to do it in the original Florentine dialect and then uh, translate it for you guys. Bisogna adunque essere golpe a conoscere i lacci, i leoni a spigotiri i lupi. Coloro che stanno semplicemente in su leone non se ne intendono. Which basically sort of roughly translates to, uh, thus you should be a fox in order to recognize the traps, and a lion in order to scare away the wolves. Um, those that wish to be only lions do not understand this. Thank you. See you later.